evening and welcome back to another episode of the It's Not Orange podcast. And tonight we'll be previewing the Cheltenham game tomorrow night as the Seasiders look to make amends away from home and climb up the table towards those playoff spots. Joining us tonight, we've got the usual co-host Martin. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, Saturday was frustrating, but um, the, the sat-nav is tuned in and ready to go to <laughs> Cheltenham for my sins tomorrow. This is the, the joy of having a week off work. I've no excuse not to go. Uh, yeah, we we had once had a manager that says dust ourselves off and go again, wasn't it? In fact, uh, uh, Mr. Clark, um, dust whistles yeah. dune. Yeah, <laughs> we will not. Uh, we're not going to that managerial uh, era <laughs> or the club's era. But um, join us tonight is my namesake, Tom. How you doing, mate? How you doing, gents? You right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good. Um, good. We'll start with a usual intro. We were meant to have you back when uh, the Bloomfield Road game, the, the nervy 3-2 actually after such a fantastic start from Blackpool. Um, it was a bit of a classic game last time, to be fair. One where you probably deserve to come back in that second half, you start to play some really good football. So tomorrow night's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of imagination. But first and foremost, introduce yourself and, 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 uh, and your podcast, if you may. Yeah, sure. Uh, Tom or Tom Wade, uh, part of the Robins Report podcast. I founded it back in 21. Um, basically, the club didn't have uh, a fan-based podcast, so I thought, right, time to put that right. Um, started it myself with another bloke, um, and kind of, it was a bit sporadic here and there, then it wasn't episodes, and I thought I needed a bit of a solid foundation for it. Uh, managed to pull a gang together, and... Well, yeah, here we go. A few three years on, and we're still going strong. And um, yeah, it's got a it's got a good panel now, good hosts, and it seems to be flying um, without me, coincidentally. So yeah, <laughs> it's that what you will. <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely. Well, it's good. It's good that you know, Chatham have got a fan base podcast now, and one where they can mm. feedback their emotions rather than just at and the club Twitter, I suppose, and and then <laughs> chat on it. Then they can chat with you instead. But talk to us about. Cheltenham season so far, clearly looking at the league table, it's it's not one you're probably going to remember in history, but at the same time recently it's it's been picking up under new era of management. Um but yeah, but just give us an overall feeling of how your season's gone so far. Um started absolute disaster. Looked like we were all but guaranteed to go down bottom without winning a game, without scoring a goal under a, a manager who previously did a pretty good job last season um unfortunately some things don't work out we we weren't we weren't great at all like I said we what 10 games out of goal did not look good uh and eventually the inevitable happened um and the, the great man said himself if you think somebody can come in and replace me and take this club up further the table and change it then good luck and we have so Basically, that's where we're at. Um, but yeah, it, it started off disastrously. The table doesn't lie. And we are where we are. Is that due to start of the season? Absolutely. Um, do we moan about it? Yeah, but it's on us to get out of it. And, you know, like you say there, performances recently, change of uh, um, leadership seems to have done as well. And Things are looking better, very much better, but you know, there's a long way to go yet. So, yeah, talk to us about your home form because obviously we're playing there tomorrow. I'd rather talk you talk to us about your home form than me and Martin talk to um, you about our away form. Um, the seaside is a 
struggle is away from home and we very much get homesick when he picked up a few wins so far this season. We've had some half decent mm-hmm. performances when we've not won, but overall we've looked really a shell of our team at home. So what mm-hmm. can we expect from you guys tomorrow night and, and how, how do you sort of expect the game sort of to go or how your home performances are recently? Um, it should be a fascinating game, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much glad that this is a Tuesday night, not Saturday, because there's something about Cheltenham Town under the, under the floodlights at Wadham Road on a Tuesday. Uh, they just seem to just pull out performances and get results that you don't expect. Uh, there's been, a, been many, many over the course of uh, last season, especially, and obviously this season as well, there's been a few. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something about Wadham Road on a Tuesday night under the lights that just seems to be good for us. Um, I mean, I'm happy that you boys are in a bit of a pickle when you come away from home. Mix that in with, you know, with how we are at home on a Tuesday night, like I say. It does give me a bit of confidence. Obviously, when you look at the table, you'll go, well, should it, shouldn't it? Make up your own mind. But for me, I think it gives me a lot of um, confidence. It's a, it's a Tuesday. And yeah, like I say, our, our home performances haven't been incredible but since the change in the leadership we've shown so much more as a as a team in general overall as i mean but yeah who knows how it goes uh, if it's anything like the last one that you referenced the reverse fixture then uh, i'm sure everybody will be in for an absolute barnstormer yeah you've you've scored what 13 at home um this season conceded 21 granted obviously you had you know you, have, you had your struggles under the previous um mm. management but is it one of those ones where you like to see out the game um, at home and obviously nick a win? Um, obviously, I know the Saturdays and Tuesdays there's a big disparity, but have oh. you, you know, away from home you've been that little bit better? Have there been very similar performances, or do you, do you? Is it just something about being at home that has been a little bit worse this season? I don't know what it is, Tom. To be honest with you, it, again, I don't want to keep going back to it. I think a lot of people look at Cheltenham based off how we started the season and not what we've been since. Um, mm. Since, since Daryl Clark's come in, we've almost transformed from what we see out of players. I mean, he's getting performances out of players um, that we didn't think had a performance in them um, and we, you know, would have been first out the door. Now we're, we're desperate to keep hold of them and one what we did lose, if you want to talk about goal scoring, was uh, Will Goodwin, you know. He had a good purple patch. Team, team like Oxford's come in. Big bid on the table, off he goes. Um so, yeah, we don't. We haven't scored that many. We 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 haven't we haven't scored that many goals. That's clear, isn't it? You know, we're not scoring enough goals. We aren't. Um, Mike Taylor's come in. I'm sure we'll talk about those guys later. But that's what we've needed. We've lost one. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, we've lost somebody that was the man that was doing it for all, all last season and and prior to that as well. So you know, when you're having to replace somebody like that, it's only natural your goals go down. Um, like I said, that that patch to start the season is probably haunting us still to this day without even you know being aware of it really. But yeah, well, there's still plenty of games left, and obviously recently you've been picking up performances. Mm. You won two and mm. five, um, mm. and we spoke pre-pod, didn't we? Thirteen in ten, Martin Blackpool. Can can you guess or can you remember what I said five minutes ago? How many points we've got from ten? Luckily, because. Dementia hasn't properly kicked in yet. You said 14. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, not great. 
<laughs> yeah, not so great in comparison. Well, about the same. Isn't it? Yeah, fourteen. I think it says a lot about Blackpool's form and obviously the, the turnaround oh. for Chelsea. And we're we're clearly not happy with fourteen from ten. You mm. are very much are much happier from you know thirteen from ten, and we sit a couple of places away from each other in those last ten games. So I think we meet tomorrow with with a sense of. Um, obviously similar form, probably similar confidence levels. In fact, you're probably a little bit more confident going into this one. Blackpool really desperate for a win to, to kickstart any form of hope of making those playoffs. You know, if we lose those three points and see ourselves seven, eight, nine points away, it becomes, you know, that a little bit more difficult and Blackpool fans are running yeah. out of a little bit of hope, if I'm honest. So it's a huge game in terms of both our seasons tomorrow. But talk to us about your your the last sort of, Five or so performances, obviously stretching to those ten games. What has Daryl Clark brought to this club, and how has he settled down now? Because it's clearly, you know, coming to fruition a little bit. And if, as you say, if, I don't want to recap, mm. but if he was there at the start of the season, you'd probably be much more mid-table than you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, make no mistake, our form since he's come in, and it's just picked. Everybody's just had a pick up. You know, you say about the new manager bounce, and it lasts. What, how many games these days? I suppose it goes by the fans, but it seems to me that, you know, he's come in and everybody is transformed into this positive, positive fan. And it's it's picked up and it's it's transformed onto the pitch as well. We're playing more confidence. You know, we're looking, we're looking better. The style of play is more direct. Yeah, we, it does look now that we've got goals in us, um, whereas it didn't previously. Um, overall, he's come in. He's got demands. He's put demands into the players. He's met. He's, he's set expectations. And there's there's a player in the squad now. You know, in James Olyinka, who he singled out. We did a podcast. Owen and Side did a podcast with him uh, last week, and he said, "Look, I told him he's not part of my plans, and go find somewhere else to play." Whereas previously, maybe the manager would have been, oh, well, he's on the books, we'll give him a chance. But he, he's clear and direct in what he wants and what he expects. Um, so that's first and foremost the biggest thing for me. He's come in and just set a standard at this club that we hadn't had previously. Um, like I said earlier, he's turned players into, into game changers. There's a couple of players in that squad that probably were looking like they were heading to the door. Now they're like, you know, they're in the team. Um and, and making a difference and look different players. Um, it's just like I say, really, it, our, our previous performances in the last few weeks probably haven't got the points we deserve. We've had more referee apologies than anybody else in this league. If if you got points from, we'd probably be top of the league. Um, but like Dan said, you, you don't. It's not going to make a difference, is it? You don't. You can't whinge about it. You got to dust yourself off and keep going. And that's what we've done. Um, Two of the last five, I prefer to look at it overall as the last 15 games then. You know, our, our form in the last 15 will put us mid-table. That's huge. Because if you'd have said that to me before those 15 games, I'd have said, you, you're mad. It's never going to happen. Um, like I said, was it, if, if it was to go off the last 15, there'd, there'd only be two points separating us as clubs. And look where you are, do you know what I mean? So it just, it just shows how much we've picked up. He's just... He's a he's a guy. I I'm in love with him, to be honest with you. And um, I am um, a bit of a fanboy. Uh, he, he just couldn't do anything wrong in my eyes. And the way he's transformed the players, the fans give us a pickup, and the performances first and foremost. I don't mind losing games if we're going to play well. We're going to give it a go, not roll not rolling over like we we were 
Um, yeah, he, he's been a massive, massive influence on this team. And like I say, the, the performances have um, have shown that. Yeah, Mark, um, Tom's just said there that we don't mind losing games as long as the performances are there. Um, do you have that ride, overriding emotion when he said that, that Blackpool fans are... I know we we are very much a fan base of very much expecting, oh, sorry, expecting and promotion and expecting playoffs. But we've had games this season where the performances are nowhere near ex- expectations, and we could lose two three nil against your Port Vale's of the world if we hit the post three or four times and we dominated the ball, etc. But Blackpool fans, have, in my opinion, wanting not only because we're eighth this season with one of the worst away forms in the league, but because those performances have been nowhere near to showing passion heart desire and and just giving all giving it your all for the for the football club I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that but do you think we'd be a bit more content with eighth if the performance was there or thereabouts away from home this season mm, no no I think the expectation at this club is is to um is to be up there higher than eighth I think that's the difference between the two clubs really and 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 that's absolutely no disrespect to Cheltenham you know you we were in the championship and uh, and we had a, obviously had a very difficult time, but the expectation is is that we we challenge to go back up. Eight, eighth place for Blackpool is, I mean, I don't think it's a it's not a disaster, but it's a disappointment so far. And I just think that I don't think people care about performances. They don't care about it at this point in the season. It really doesn't matter if we absolutely dog every single game in in terms of the performance. If we make the playoffs, no one will care. Um, no, I think it's just an expectation thing. I think eighth is not good enough for us uh, across the board because there's an expectation. I mean, I've I've had so we've had so many seasons in this league where we've actually had no expectations at all. So it, we said at the start of the season for us, it's actually quite strange to be thinking we're we're promotion favourites because usually what we do is sneak in there having been fifteenth or something. But um, but no, uh, it's an expectation thing, and and people are disappointed because we're eighth regardless of performances. I think. Eighth is disappointing. Um, maybe my question got lost in translation a little bit, but I've, I generally feel unhappy and probably uninspired going into tomorrow as an example because the consistency of away performances is what I'm trying to get out. I think if we showed promise and 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 a better performance overall, a bit more organisation, a bit less conceding goals, etc., I would still generally feel a little bit happier going into this run of... 10, 15 games we've got left thinking we get playoffs instead of the overriding emotion that away from home that we're probably not going to make playoffs because of this away from. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think a lot of people have said they would rather have a balance between home and away, but I don't know. I, I know what Blackpool fans are like when we lose a home game. It's like a disaster, isn't it? So the vast majority of your fan base see them at home and have been relatively satisfied with home performances. But it is striking a balance. But you know what we're like? I said to you, if we pick up away from home, we'll drop off at home. We're never good both. That's why we've never gone up automatically in our history, apart from once, and I don't remember it. Um, it, it you know, we've always been that sort of team. That's We've never been a great away team, apart from maybe a couple of seasons that I can remember. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's a straight... I wouldn't mind a bit of a balance, because like you say, I don't have super confidence going to Cheltenham tomorrow night based on what I've seen before in previous games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could totally get that. Um, and going into tomorrow, um, we're going to definitely want to know about key players. Martin's just put in the chat. 
very much not a key player, I assume, but Joseph Nuttall used to play for Blackpool. He was bigged up with one of the one of the key signings under a previous manager, Simon Grayson's era. And I think we we purchased him for quite high money, if I'm honest, whether he sold a dream or whether he's trying to support <laughs> his agent or not, I don't know. But he scored two or three goals for Blackpool. Um, a couple of decent goals in there, one in the cup and I think the winner against Ipswich, but he absolutely never kicked on. The expectations talking of that was always high um, with Joe Nuttall, but um, he, his performance was exceptionally low for most of the time. So talk to us about how he settled in with you because he seemed to have got another move to, to League One um, and one potentially that you wouldn't see his career taking to, um, but he seems to always get these sorts of moves I mean, even though he was playing lower leagues previously. Mm, it's um, definitely interesting. Uh, I have to say the deadline day as a whole was very interesting. Uh, if you go back and look, I think the whole Cheltenham fan base is an absolute meltdown. Uh, one that I definitely didn't see coming. Uh, but one I find interesting, like you say, it's not often you see a player from that level getting a loan to League One. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's very strange. I mean couple of substitution appearances he's a target man and that's what Clark wanted um, he wants that player that's able to hold up the ball and he, that's going to be his role but I think the biggest thing the re- biggest reason and Dale Clark spoke about it on our pod it, it's experience he's come in for it with experience because the battle we're in it didn't make sense for him to go and get a couple of youngsters young strikers wouldn't make sense so he's obviously looked at not all. Obviously, worked with him, and he worked with him previously. Uh, did reference. He said he wished he can get the the not all of five years ago out of him. If he can do that, the man deserves a a knighthood. Um, because I'm not sure if he will. But never write a player off. It's it's but it's way too early to say how he's really going to fit in with us. Um, but I'm sure you know Dale Clark's got a, a plan for him. Um, you got key players on there. I don't think he'll be a key player tomorrow. Could he be a key player? For the rest of the season, who knows? We're going to find out. I've, uh, I've got this thing of where I write a player off before he puts a shirt on. And I've actually vetoed that. I got rid of it since Clark's come in. And uh, everybody gets a chance, fair chance. So let, let's see. But yeah, interesting move, wasn't it? I mean, he's, he's done a few money moves. Um, I mean, and he wouldn't be on particularly low wages where he came from either, would he? Let's be honest. So let's see what he can bring. Yeah, he's he's had the odd decent spell. I think like 11 goals with Blackburn, four for us. I think he scored a 10 or 11 at Scunthorpe, didn't he? So he kind of thought he found his level when he went to Scunthorpe. But, but like you say, he could have that, you know, inspiring moments under the manager. And God forbid he doesn't come on tomorrow at nil-nil and, you know, he's taking his shirt off in the <laughs> ninth minute. But that would be, oh, be our luck. That would be our luck. Now, talk to us about, you know, players with a bit more longevity within the team then. Um, mm. We're very familiar with Matt Taylor, I think is an exceptional signing. I mean, even at 33, we talk mm. about experience with Jordan Rhodes for us, who's who's out tomorrow that you'll be pleased to know. But you talk mm. about experience at League One and that's that sort of striker um, mm. that has experienced the playoffs, etc. And, and, and knows how to win games or, you know, at least have an impact on those games. Clearly, he's going to be one of your key players tomorrow. Is there anyone else that we need to be looking out yeah. for? I think it's funny with Matt Taylor, actually. He's another player. I uh, don't know whether it's where he come from, uh, where we signed him from, or his age or his contract that we gave him. Um, I mean, two-year contract for a 33-year-old. It sounds mental. Why would you do it? Um, but the reason is behind it is simply that you won't get a player of that experience 
on a short deal if he came to us. And, and Daryl Clark wanted him personally, so made it happen. Uh, yeah, two and two. Looks like he's found his form. If we had this conversation the day after deadline day, I wouldn't have said he'd be a, a key player, but I have to be honest with you, he'll be a key player. He's, he's looking tasty. You know, he knows where the net is. He always He's made a career of that, hasn't he? Um, he knows his level. You could just see by the goals he scored already, the two goals, just a natural striker's finish. So, yeah, more of that. Um, key player-wise, other than that, Luke Southwood in goal. Some fantastic saves on Saturday. Um, massive in getting that three points. Um, you got, obviously, Curtis Davis, who... Who's we all know about Curtis Davis, veteran. He's, it's a funny one because when when you think, oh, you know, he's, he's starting to lose his legs a bit. He puts in performances, and it's like, well, I don't know what we're worrying about. <laughs> you know, he, 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 experience shows, doesn't it? I've uh, got the midfield. Tom Pett, obviously, he's been brilliant since he's came in. Daryl Clark's brought him in again. Another Clark signing. Uh, just been unbelievable in midfield with the Rolls Royces, Liam Serkin, who just doesn't age, just gets better like a fine wine. Um, we've had a young, we've had, uh, we've had Kinsella added into there, who played started Saturday, looked brilliant, comfortable. So that midfield three will be decent. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, Matty, like I say, Matty Taylor up top, and then you've got Longy, Sean Long captain on the right, got in the team of the week for a, for a good reason. Now he's he he he's he's critical to everything we do, the way we play the three five two because you know that experience he has he's captain for a reason um and he's so versatile I've said it for so many years with Sean Long and um, he's so versatile kind of goes under the radar and uh, when he's not in the squad you'll you'll, you'll notice it um probably doesn't get the respect that he deserves so it's good to see that he got on the team of the week last weekend um, but yeah key players are those guys really and then obviously got a bit on the bench I mean Elliot Bonds international uh, on the bench that that speaks volumes last year he was first on the team sheet so you know it shows that we have got key players in this team now that are playing a part um, and is that down to the manager 100% is it down to the quality that's coming 100% um, so it's no knock on him being on the bench, but off the bench, if he comes off again, like quality in the midfield. And he's obviously got a good ping in his boot as well. So he'd be dangerous from, if the ball drops him from the edge of the area. Just ask Cambridge uh, from last season. Hmm, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really important, um, like you said, to have those key players in your team, evidently. But at the same time, that... that that belief is there now as well, isn't it? With you picking up games and say Southwood um, was was a decent keeper at Reading. Davis has yeah. obviously been exceptional through his career. Then you got the midfield, um, and then you got Taylor up front. Causes a spine within your team to have experience every point, which brings structure to any side. Um, we, 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 me and Martin had similar, I think, thoughts. I don't have minded actually. I, I certainly said Jordan Rhodes, what's he doing <laughs> signing for Blackpool? And all of a sudden, yeah. he's got 15, 15 um goals isn't he like third or fourth for top goal scorer now and he's not played for the last or two or three and not scored in the last six or seven so it's um it's definitely important to have that sort of player on your team and it's going to be a you know a good news story for Cheltenham mm. but you've kind of alluded mm. to the three five two um system and I know Clark plays it really well he's it's not a it's not a rigid three five two is it you like to go for go yeah. for games and you do change shape within games as well so the last sort of few minutes, talk to us about your play style, um, especially, well, I think you play very similarly at home and away. Um, 
so talk to us about that and what we expect tomorrow because we play obviously a very similar system with a few tweaks in it so we're going to looks like we're going to match like for like tomorrow so it's going to be an interesting battle but how does your 352 evolve and, and what sort of um uh vulnerabilities has it got well i suppose the vulnerabilities as like i said earlier <laughs> the center backs can be a bit exposed at times um and we're susceptible to a few mistakes at the back for it you know the press the press is important but I think you mentioned a very good point there that the stars will match tomorrow. But I think with what Clark does, he's not one of those that I'm playing three five two. That's it. I'm sticking to it. He kind of evolves it through the game. He said he's happy to swap and change, and it's even the four, the four, the four, four, four twos we mentioned, like things like that. It's it's insane. It's hard to work out how he's going to play it through the game. But I think it'll obviously start with the three five two. He always does, um, but it's very much wing based very much overlapped, um, very much going forward, looking for that target up top to hold the ball up, um, which is, again, a big reason why he brought in, in that oh, we didn't, we lost we lost that in, in a player in Rob Street who went down injured, lost it in good, will good win. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of how it will be. Um, it's kind of difficult to say really how we're going to match up, I think. Um, we'll probably of course, invite the pressure. We'll, be, we'll we look to play a bit more on the counter, possibly. But who knows? It, it's it's one of them. That's, that's the excitement of Daryl Clark. You, you're kind of watching a game and you're going, bang, oh, that's different from last time. Well, that's different. He's kind of on the switch. And he said it himself from the pod, like, does he go too early sometimes? Yeah. Does he, does he not go, you know, at the right time? Maybe. But he's always constantly looking at it and switching. There's little tweaks here and there that you'll, you'll notice. And um, that's certainly what, I, what I've noticed the last few games. Martin, I'm going to ask you the most obvious question in the world. Um, and this doesn't take an experienced manager to do, but do you think that's Critchley's vulnerability so far this season where he's looked at a game and continued with the same message? predominantly both home and away, where he's changed a left-back for a left-back, you know, centre-mid for a centre-mid, and he's not changed system to allow the opposition to guess, and obviously to, for us to impact the game, therefore. So do you, do you think do you think he's, he needs to learn that, or do you think generally he's going to keep going with that until we see something change with this side? Because we've been saying that since episode one, so now episode 39, um, we're still asking the same questions of Critchley, although there's been slight tweaks. Um, do you think it's cost us as an overall this season so far? Yeah, of course it has. Um, it's actually staggered me um, the stubbornness of it. Um, uh, you know, and I, I say it all the time. I, I am a massive fan of Critchley, and I, I still am. Uh, I've been all, all all season. But his biggest problem is that why will he not change it? Um, I don't understand why he doesn't change it at all. Even in games, it, we, I mean, there's, there's there's the odd change in games, but very little. But no, we just stick to it rigidly, and as I say, change the personnel rather than. You know, it in modern football, you're 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 judged on your ability to adapt. Every manager can come up with a different formation and a different way of playing, and he can. He just chooses not to do it. You know, we had a hell of a lot of success with four four two under Critch the first time round. That took a bit of getting to, but once he got to it, he stuck to it. He's gone with this from the start, and it. You know, l- listen, it's had its it's had a lot of success at home, um, but. It, it, he needs to be able to have the flexibility to change it and uh, and you know go to a four two three one or whatever, which probably suits our squad a lot better. But he won't, so I don't know. Maybe he needs to have a word with Daryl Clark. 
<laughs> Daryl has to pull him to one side and say, "Listen, this is how you do it." You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. His stubbornness has staggered me completely, and I'm sure it's the reason why we're, you know, there, I reckon. There has been slight worse off, obviously. Yeah. With, like it's kind of been like a three-four-three, hasn't it? With, but it's still been a very similar play style, um, and not really utilizing the players within the team. I think we spoke last week, didn't we, about Stevenage with the change somewhat, um, the. Um, avoidance of playing Dembele and playing Hamilton in that role, which I think caused mm. him to be dropped on Saturday. Mm. But then if we had that intelligent player in the middle with that game might have been completely different. So I think he sees it. I think maybe he trusts the wrong players as well at points because I think you can you can say it's the manager's fault, but sometimes the players haven't stepped up to performance. And you said it, what, week 10, week 11 of the pod, didn't you? I think some players go missing in big yeah. games sometimes. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think at the time I questioned who you meant, but I think we've just seen a trend of a few players just not stepping up to the mark recently. And we'll we'll talk about that after Tuesday's game yeah. later on in the week. But it, it's one of those ones where it's been the somewhat, we've been on the precipice so many times of going on this run and all of a sudden we fall backwards again. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we, we perform tomorrow, but it's a fair shout from yourself to, to say his stubbornness has stagnated thus, you know, more than it needed to because he could have just been, you know, could have changed it and we could have had a much more successful season thus far. But Tom, we'll wrap up, coming up to the half an hour mark um, of your final expectations of the season, of course. Um, the expectations is going to be maybe different to the hope, but... In my opinion, yeah. from the outside looking in, he's a good enough manager and you've got enough time to get yourself out of this mess. Absolutely. You bang on. And I think that's what everybody needs to remember, especially around, you know, the Cheltenham fan base. And I think there is that there is that patience now where that mindset is put in place. Um I think, you know, he helps himself, Daryl Clark, a lot because he's so transparent the way he is as a person as well as a manager. Um so I think he gets a lot of you know, a lot of um, credit for that and that because of that transparency and his explanation and the way he thinks about things and the way he wants to go about things. And, you know, I think that that's um, got a big, big hand in on it. But yeah, it, you're right. Expectation and hope to very, very, well, for me, similar. You know, my expectations are we will stay up and we'll stay up very comfortably. Thank you very much. But <laughs> That's also my hope. When you come to the reality, I think the reality of it is, like I said to you before we started, you know, every game now is a cup final for us. We've got to go out there with every intentions of winning every game. Are we going to win every game? Don't we daft? Absolutely not. You know, but we've got to go out there and be the positive and and and, and hopefully the positive will follow that. Um but yeah, I don't know. It, I think about it, and it makes me feel a bit uneasy looking at the table. But when you think, when you like look at the bigger picture, there's every chance that we stay in this league, and I really hope we do. Because if we do, if we were to uh, go down, I think it'll be it'd be devastating. Yeah, I think it's easy for me to say because you could say you're eighth, you're going to make playoffs, and I'm saying to you <laughs> because because. <of> <laughs> Um, and you are right it's probably better for you to to be in a position where you've got to fight rather than sit I don't know 14th and stagnate and then maybe drop yourself into that position so you, you and I think like you said Clark in his person is transparent and I think he's re- a realist as well as a yeah. methodical leader um, yeah. and he's certainly going to have his eye on the prize of keeping you up and then pushing on next season because you've still got that core of a team that can sign well. I think you've signed the likes of Davies and Southwood and stuff like that over the yeah. 
over even Taylor, you know, there'd be a couple of clubs in and around 10th, 11th that wouldn't, wouldn't mind having him either. So, it, you know, mm. it's not, it's not a case if you haven't got any pull and power. I think over the years you made very good signings, so including getting good managers in as well. Um, yeah, so recent history shows that, of course. So um, there's definitely hope for you. Um, so you know, fingers crossed. After tomorrow, you have a really successful season. <laughs> Before we sign off, have you got any questions for 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 me and Martin? Um, questions. Keys. What would be the keys to your game tomorrow? I mean, you've got Carl Joseph there, ex Cheltenham. Seems so. A couple of games ago, was it a couple of assists for you? Obviously, made a big impact in the cup game against Forest. I thought you were brilliant. I hope you don't play that tomorrow because uh, we'll yeah. be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> we're away tomorrow, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, you keep saying this. You keep saying this, and then you get out of Who knows? But yeah, keep your keys for tomorrow. Um, or you'll be what, what are you guys hoping for? Who's to watch? Um, and obviously, I don't know if you do it, but I want to get a prediction if we can. I'll let I'll let Mark go first, mate. I've talked enough. Um, as 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 basic as this sounds, uh, Tom, um, attitude attitude is yeah. is the key thing for us. Um, it really is. If our attitude is right, like it was against yeah. Bristol Rovers a couple of weeks ago, we really went at at Bristol Rovers. Who I, I, we we'd seen Bristol Rovers play a few weeks before at our place, and I, I thought they were there for the taking because defensively they're very naive. I think. But our attitude was was to go for it, and we were two two nil up in twenty minutes. That is yeah. the kind of attitude that we need to have. It's the kind of attitude that we don't have enough. You see, your Boltons yeah. go away from home and get and get a couple up sometimes really quickly. Portsmouth have done it. Um, you know, the top teams in this league who generally have better players in in a lot of areas go for it. We. We are the the word that I use is so much in this podcast, and I wish to hell I bloody well didn't. Is passive. If yeah. you get a passive Blackpool performance, you'll win. You will win because we're not at it enough. And I don't know whether it's a bit. Of compl- my my thought is it's complacency still because yeah. I don't think we have a manager sometimes that Critch's biggest fault, apart from not changing the team or the formation, is that I think sometimes he, he either he or someone on his coaching staff needs really needs to get into him at times. It's not his style, but sometimes you need to sort sort of say, "Listen, lads, if you if you mess about here and and we're not positive from the start, we will get turned over again." So attitude is the most important thing for me. Um, it's also yep. the balance of midfield. We've struggled with it all season. You know, Norburn's been a bit in and out, both in terms of injuries and also his performances. Um, we've signed George Byers. I actually think Byers will start tomorrow. And I don't know if Tom agrees with me. I think he's come on loan from Sheffield Wednesday not to sit on the bench. He's on about yeah. rotating the squad because he got a lot of games. So George Byers in midfield, I think, could be a key man. And as you say, Joseph, because we're not we're missing Rhodes, so Joseph needs to step yeah. up with the goals. Um, and and I think I think that's what it is. I think it's midfield. I think if we get the balance in midfield right, we're a really good team. If we don't, um, we look a little bit um, lightweight. Yeah, do you, you, sorry. You say you say about passive and and that and yeah. attitude. Do you think that's mm. players based, or do you think maybe a bit of coaching because Critch is being you know a bit stuck in his ways? Um, Both and doesn't doesn't change. Do you think that falls on him or them? Yeah. Oh, I'll go. Well, ultimately, yeah. Think, go on, go on, Tom. Yeah, I think, no, no. I think Martin, you couldn't really have summed up any better. We we played thirty odd thirty one games this season and. You know, like I said, it, I don't use the word lightly. I don't mean it in any disrespectful way, but it's a very bipolar Blackpool. It's 
you know, a scared, complacent, stagnant side away from home. We played Port Vale. We looked okay on the ball. Um, we had Gary Bowyer on a previous manager in the EFL and of Adolf Blackburn. He said we played really well from a fan point of view. Um, I think he meant he kept the ball. We kept the ball reasonably well and we, we played with a little bit of intent. But the moment we are complacent and our, and our centre-back three, two of them are in the centre of the pitch and there's a massive gap to his left. We're one nil down. We never, ever looked like coming back. You know, we've just yeah. we've had the odd away performance. Portsmouth, as an example, four nil win. We beat Barnsley, yeah. but they had twenty nine shots. They missed two shots from six yards. They hit the bar. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's a win, great, but at the same time, it, it didn't ooze. You know, like we we deserve to win, etc. I appreciate if the graft results out of this league, but I think Martin's right. I don't think we've got the the players to graft a result and know how to win games and. So it's a yeah. shame because we're filled with experience across the back and we're in midfield and even up front. Um, but if it wasn't for Jordan Rhodes, we'd, we'd be very much in 13th, 14th, 15th position, unfortunately. Yeah. We haven't got enough goals in the team. And when yeah. you look at the team on paper, I think many players go into many play- many teams. But we we were quite successful under Calderwood and with McCall as man- assistants and I didn't quite believe it was just their their faults but I do quite believe we go into a game at half time and no one gives us a kick up the arse do you know what I mean I, be- I quite believe yeah. that no one screams at the players and says do you know what you're actually playing for and I think yeah. we accept to be average um, away from home and I think we accept to be average sometimes at home but we do grind results yeah. out so it goes a bit unnoticed so Critchley's admission of certain players. We've had Ollie Casey who signed a contract. Um, he's been outstanding at the back and he's probably our best defender, along with Matthew Pennington. Doesn't play him, doesn't play Casey, yeah. um, especially away from home when he's such an organiser yeah. and not shaky like Marvin Ekpotero, although he played reasonably well on Saturday. Um, he, he signs George Byers and brings him on um, with, with 15 to go on Saturday. Um, so I hope he does start because he was Sheffield Wednesday's, one of Sheffield Wednesday's best players in League One. There's no rhyme or reason to the way performances and we don't yeah. grind out results away and we become passive. And like you say, if you're in our face early doors, I hope in some respect, you saw it at Bloomfield Road. We were three yeah. while, but I actually thought we were going to yeah. win six. You probably yeah. deserve to draw at the end because we just <laughs> let you play football and we underestimated the ability you had. And don't get me wrong, that first goal was about nine years offside. But mm, yeah, nonetheless, we conceded two <laughs> awful goals, one at the sec- in the second half, which didn't look like it should go in. And then I had generally thought we were going to draw that game and we won. And the full time whistle went, I just went, right. <laughs> I didn't actually do any happiness. <laughs> I was like, did that just happen? Mm. It felt like we drew the game, if I'm honest. So you saw the yeah. complacency a little bit and how we can be. Um, and we've sometimes, mm. we, like Martin said, at Bristol Rovers and stuff, when we're in the ascendancy, it's a real joy to watch. And you think, this is the Blackpool we want. And mm. then we don't do it again. And we don't do it again. And we don't do it again. And we might show glimpses of it. But that's yeah. where we're at away from home. And if we can start kicking those first 20 minutes of Bristol Rovers and the Pompey performances away... I have no doubt we can string five or six wins together. I just don't have that hope um, because we haven't seen it for the majority of the season. Yeah, it's just that old mix of Jekyll and Hyde, isn't it? I mean, you know, we were absolutely outstanding to a man on on Saturday. A massive win, but you rewind it back. Last home game, Wickham, you think, right, look where they are. Obviously not underestimating. You don't do that in this league. You don't underestimate anybody. That's learned very quickly. But it's kind of like that performance was absolutely awful. Like it's just consistency, isn't it? I think. 
Are they going is to that, be, is that your biggest thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's ridiculous, this league, isn't it? Yeah, it's not got a tremendous amount of quality, but the players that are within the league are somewhat, mm. I won't say exceptional, but there's some real good EFL experiences in this league, experienced players just yeah. in this league. The likes of Byers, yeah. the likes of Davies, the likes of Rhodes, you know, even your keeper. I know he's youngish, but he's still got, yeah. you know, a, a fairly decent history. So I think tomorrow's about getting the job done. Um, and it's probably the same for you as well, but it's, it's yeah. still a die for both teams. So it's going to be a relatively cagey affair, I assume. But yeah. yeah, we'll have to see what Blackpool turn up and it, you know, it'll probably it will probably dictate what kind of game we play. If we're passive, then you, you control the game. And if, if we can attack you, you, we very much, in my opinion, win the game. But it's about whether Blackpool want to do that tomorrow. So, yes. yeah, I'm going to call that pod unless you've got any more questions, mate. Um, not really, mate. I'm good. Awesome. Well, Mark, any more questions before we sign off? Um, no, no, I don't think so. I'm just, I'm just hoping for a Blackpool win tomorrow, like everybody else's. <laughs> obviously, apart from unless you're a Cheltenham fan. Um, but no, I, I just, I just hope it's, I hope it's a good game. But, but we, we need to win. We need to win, yeah. and, and you guys need to win, Tom. So, yeah. so it should be, it should be a good game. I'm looking for yeah. a game as long as we win. I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't it's, care. It's, uh, it's the most win-off, isn't it? It's not a playoff. It's the most win-off. It's a must-win. Yeah, it's yeah, a must-win-off. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Is. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Tom. It's a pleasure to have you on no eventually. Um, six months later. Yeah, mate. Apologies um, about that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely fine, mate. And and yeah. as I say, good luck after tomorrow for the rest of the season. I hope I hope you know you're staying in League One because you know you're a decent side, and mm. I, I think it'll yeah. be a crying shame if you go down. But th- thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, lads. Um, I haven't done one of these for ages, and it's the first one I've done this season because people ask me, and I'm sometimes I'm like, nah, I just can't be bothered. That. Knowing that it's you, Tom, and obviously what happened last time, I was like, I said to him, I'll do this. I've got to do this one. I'll, I'll take this one. Um, no so, yeah. Jim, thanks very, much, very, very much. much appreciate it, mate. And we'll catch up over at um, X in the next couple of days. Cheers. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. All right, Mark. Um, expectations tomorrow. Would you make many changes? Um, talk to me about the, the who you'd bring in or, or not bring in at all and would you keep it much the same um, after the performance on Saturday which we won't go into in, to in detail but it's one of these games which you know both sides should have and maybe could have won especially with their header at the end but um, do you want to see a similar side or do you want to see buyers come in um, for someone for Norburn as an example what changes will we make before we sign off um, I hope that Casey uh, comes in Um I, I I was delighted to see Pennington in it, it, it back up with a goal, but I thought his overall performance was good as well. Marvin was was improved. He didn't get his he let his legs get in the way, um, and I just want to see Casey play. How how you can't play him is unfathomable. Um, I would probably on the strength of Saturday's performance choose uh, Byers over Norburn. Um, I think the, the, do you know the one player I am disappointed in. And I think it. Um, uh, Powell was saying this the other day, and I'm starting to come around to his way of thinking. Is Lavery? I think he's a willing runner. There's a heck of a lot of effort in there, and, and tries his best to press and all the rest of it. But when it comes down to it, his quality is severely lacking. And I actually thought after the Burton game at the start of the season, we all did that. Even though he had an injury, I still expected a lot more goal return from him. He's quite a scruffy player. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, although it sounds it. It is quite a scruffy player in so much that he 
he does run himself, uh, throw himself around a little bit, but there's no, there's no end product. When he does have half a chance, it kind of doesn't result in anything. And I'm disappointed in how it's worked out for him. And his contract's up at the end of the season. I haven't heard any talk about a new one. So I don't know whether the jury's out on him from the manager's point of view, but, but, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's I'll, a pity I'll, Rhodes I'll, isn't I'll, fit, but who scored 10 that I bet would bounce, you know, some money. So, yeah. He he was very much alive wire with with an end product in the championship before his injuries, wasn't he? So I think he's I think our, club, our sorry our squad stinks of confidence players and the likes of Joseph. I'm not saying he's just a confidence player, but once he gets two or three goals under him, I think he's going to fly. But he's very much putting in those dogged performances without an end product. Obviously, his debut against um, the the t- Shrewsbury wasn't it with an Shrewsbury, assistant. yeah. Yeah. An absolutely incredible finish, um, and he's hit the bar a few times, and he's got you know it's had some assists. So his end product is there. Mm. He just needs mm. those goals. But yeah, it's you know do or die tomorrow, isn't it? I, I'm still a little bit hopeful. Um, we can make those playoffs with a lot of games to play, but with so many big clubs coming to Bloomfield Road and us having to go to Port um, Peterborough and a few other teams, Derby as an example. It, 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 in these sort of games if we don't win then like you say we deserve to not go up and we've got to replay League One all again with better quality next year mm. with a cup final to chase but um, lo and behold I, I would very much take a loss next week if it meant two victories in a row in the league so we'll have to see but I'm, I'm with you I want to see Casey and Byers in we'll see what he does with the central midfield but although Marv's had a fairly decent game I think he played Pennington um, Casey and, and husband I don't think Marvs can play with Casey and Pennington, but we'll have to see. He seems to like him, but if he's if he's dropped tomorrow after not picking up any wins in the last two, when we wanted a minimum of four, I think it's on Critchley once again if we don't get that victory. So we'll see we'll see how the team performs tomorrow in the starting eleven. But um, I think we're back on Thursday for a preview of Peterborough and a review of this game, and of course then we're back on Sunday after that um, for the Ian Holloway interview which we're all looking forward to. And I've set aside five hours of my evening to um, to ask the great man <laughs> himself many questions. But um, I'll speak to you again on Thursday, Martin. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Um, yeah, safe journeys to anybody listening to this who's going to Cheltenham. And let's hope we're all going back up the M5 and the M6 with a, with a three points because we need it desperately. But yeah, the Holloway podcast will be, um, it'll be an awesome moment when, when we consider we... We said we'd die happy if we got Holloway on the podcast. We've, Tom, you know, you've managed it after what, eight months, seven, eight months of doing this podcast. So um, all power to you. But I'm absolutely looking forward to it. It's going to be epic. You'll you'll be have to do a hell of a lot of editing. Yeah, no, <laughs> lots of water with me as well. But yeah, from all of us, it's an orange podcast. We'll see you later on in the week. <laughs>